Hi, this is Julie. This is Liz. This is Sheila. This is Monica. This is Leanne. We are the Satellite Sisters. You are listening to Satellite Sisters to Go. We are the Satellite Sisters. Welcome to the show. It is Sunday, February 21st. Uh, that means it's two days after Little Liam Dolan's birthday, uh, which we'll talk about in a second. I'm Liz Dolan. I'm here in Santa Monica, California, joined by two of my sisters. Monica Dolan, you are in Portland, Oregon. Raining again, Liz. <laughs> Soggy Portland. But rumor has it you were in Los Angeles yesterday, so <laughs> we'd like to we'd like to hear some details. <laughs> uh, Julie, you're in Dallas, Texas. How how is everything there? It's good, Liz. I've been here all week. Didn't make any secret trips. Just uh, <laughs> unpacking boxes. All right. Well, coming up in the show, uh, Julie has you know what will be the first of many uh, 2016. First Lady's Desk reports, because whatever you want to say about the election, on the First Lady's front, it's going to be even crazier. Uh, I'm excited, Liz. (laughs) I'm very excited. Um, There's a fascinating story about David Geffen in today's paper, and I have an etiquette question that arises from that story that I want to ask both of you guys. Like, what would you do in this situation? Uh, Julie, you went to see the movie 45 years. We're going to hear a little bit about it, but it's not a review. No, just comments, Liz. You know, I don't do reviews, but I, I, I can work up ahead of steam just giving you comments uh, about movies. <laughs> okay. And Monica, you spotted a taste trend that you're, you're believing it or you're not believing it. Well, I just think the sister should weigh in on how you feel about this. I think okay. you're going to have some strong opinions. Yay or nay. Oh, Okay. Uh, all right. Well, first, I did have a chance to see Leanne briefly yesterday, Saturday, uh, the day after her birthday. We had, I had sort of tentatively said to her, hey, if, you know, if you and your husband want to do something Saturday night, uh, let me know, you know, it'd be fun to see you for your birthday. And she's like, well, you know, am I, we've often discussed on Satellite Sisters, her husband is not a planner. So I just sort of left this back half of the day open in the event that something materialized at the last minute. And sure enough, it wasn't even the last minute. Sure enough, at 10 a.m., I got a text from Leanne saying, we're at the Getty Museum right now. Do you want to come over here and meet us? And the Getty Museum is on my side of town. For those of you that don't know the geography of Los Angeles, I live in Santa Monica, which is the west side. And Leanne and her husband and kids live in Pasadena, which is really, wouldn't you say, Monica, it's very, very far away from Santa Monica. Well, because of the freeways. I mean, it's an hour, right? An hour and a half, maybe. So it could be an hour. It could be half a day to get from (laughs) Liam's house to where Liz lives. You know, that's the thing, right? It could be a different state. I mean, it's like, it's like Liz lives in Connecticut and Leon lives in Massachusetts. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's the way it feels most of the time. Anyway, alert, alert. She was up at the Getty, which is in my half of California, uh, not her half, but I was off doing other things in the morning. So anyway, once they wrapped up at the Getty, apparently they just woke up early at their house and her husband suggested let's go to the Getty be beautiful up there today and of course it was and but then we had a little rendezvous in my neighborhood for lunch afterwards so it worked out great it when it was fun to see her just just a quiet little lunch uh on Montana Avenue uh but a little chance to wish her happy birthday she was not 
super thrilled about her birthday, though she said she had had a good birthday day. And but it's just the number seemed to be kind of bumming her out. Last year we had a you know a kind of nice special party for her when she turned fifty. Uh, but you know, some of us know the feeling of turning fifty-one. <laughs> It's not that exciting. It's not that great. It's really, really not, really not that great. And then by sheer accident, I promise you this was an accident. Uh, Saturday mornings are when I go to the Satellite Sisters post office box. That's when I pick up, that's my weekly mail um, drop where I go get everything. And as we've established here on the show before, usually I just throw it all in the back of my car and nothing happens to it for a while until I get around to opening all the packages, which are usually unsolicited books. That's mainly what arrives uh, at our post office box. So, but yesterday when I went to the mailbox, there was something specifically addressed to Leon. And, uh, and I thought, okay, well, I'll just, I'll see her later today. So I will give this to her. So when she walked into my condo yesterday, there it was a package for her sitting on my, uh, dining room table. And I said, I want you to know this has not been in the back of my car for two months. This actually just arrived today. So maybe it's something for your birthday or something. And she said, oh, okay. She picked it up, ripped it open. And of course it was an unsolicited book. She pulls it out and the book is everything you need to know about menopause. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Liz, you can't make that. It's just perfect. You're the gift giver, the ultimate (laughs) gift giver, Liz. You know how to make a 51 year old feel good. Feel even worse about herself. Uh, anyway, she, I said, you can just throw that away here if you want. I can just, I can put that where I put many of the other books. She's like, no, I'll take it. You know, uh, anyway, so that was, that was our little birthday day yesterday. But but Monica, I hear you were also passing through the Southland. I was Liz. I was in your neighborhood yesterday where I was at LAX. So last week I just got home last night, but I went to a convention uh, it was in Los Angeles at the LA Convention Center, which I'm sure you're familiar with that downtown, and now yes. I am too. So it was a big international stroke conference, and I don't get to go every year. People in our office take turns going, and I got to go this year, and it was excellent. It was absolutely fantastic. I had a great time. I was kind of dreading it because conventions can be long days, and yeah. um you know, and I wasn't that excited about going to downtown LA, but I loved it there. There's I have, a lot going on downtown. Yeah, yeah, I absolutely loved it, and of course, the weather was beautiful. I yeah, mean, it's it's Southern know, California. So the conference was great. I Can loved- I just ask what happens at a stroke conference? It's hard to imagine. Is <clears throat> it people presenting papers? And what what actually goes on? Yes, so it's there are five thousand people at the conference uh, from all over the world, and it's two and a half days, really three days of presentations. And a lot of it is presenting results from study trials. And that's what I work on. I work on research studies. And so for me, it was really great because for the studies that I work on, papers were presented, big presentations with the results of the trials. Now, some were positive and some were negative, but You still learn something by doing these studies. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's a big, long day. It starts at 7 in the morning. There's, you know, 
plenary sessions in the middle of the day. You guys know what that is. For- I always love that word. No I idea. Mean- no idea what that means. But I, it ha- I- but it happens at conventions. It just means everyone's <laughs> supposed to go. But where well, did I- plenary come from? I think they could just, I don't know what the word means. They should just substitute the word premiere because it's really the premiere session, the plenary session in the biggest room they got, 4,000 people in there. Um, They presented a bunch of awards to older, they all seem to be Swedish stroke doctors. (laughs) I don't know. That's good to know. So if I feel like I'm having a stroke, I should go to Sweden? Yeah, they seem to be doing a lot of work there in Sweden. A lot of, you know, real leaders in the field. So that was that was interesting. And then they usually save the most interesting trials that have been going on in the past year, save those results and people get up and present the results and yeah, that kind of stuff. So and a lot of them I worked on and I knew a lot of people there, met a lot of friends. There were other people from work there. It's just kind of run around. It's a long day. It starts at seven and the conference goes until six at night. And then each night I had a dinner after the conference. Oh, so there was like Very busy. meetings, Julie. Oh boy. You got to plan your outfits. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, believe me, because you have to wear something that's going to take you from conference to dinner. And <laughs> just you, like they say in all those magazines. <laughs> right. Know? I mean, I, I I learned a couple things. Uh, I needed Band-Aids. Uh, <laughs> For your shoes? Because I was going to say, it's all about footwear. Liz, right. Liz told us that, right? Uh-huh. It's all yes. about footwear. And seeing I went from, you know, winter rainy weather to, it was 89 degrees when I got to L.A. on Tuesday. Um, so I wasn't wearing socks. So there were some blisters happening, but I got some Band-Aids. Um, and you just need to wear really comfortable clothes. And the thing is, you go, the rooms go from like stuffy, hot, you feel like you're going to die to freezing cold. So you need some cardigan sweater. Or or pashminas. Yes, I I think I did pretty well in the outfit department. I was very comfortable and I decided I do not like to stay at the big conference hotels. There's just something about it. My old job, we I had to go to a lot of conferences. I just don't like seeing all those badge-wearing conference goers <laughs> after work. Okay. I don't want to see them out at the pool. I, I just don't want to see them. So uh-huh. you know me. I went with the VRBO, the off-site rental, vacation rental by owner. You did? But, wow. Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's me, Liz. In so downtown I, L.A.? Downtown L.A. I rented... A beautiful, well, it wasn't that beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) A perfectly fine. A perfectly fine. It was a two-bedroom apartment. It was very spacious. Had a big balcony, had a beautiful swimming pool. It was a little bit run down. The hallways were a little bit run down. So I arrived on Tuesday, and I arranged for uh, Sheila Dolan to pick me up at LAX. She was my pickup. Wow, that's a service that's available? I had no idea. We didn't know. If prearranged, it's available. (laughs) And now that I have complete texting capabilities with my iPhone, she's like, you need to text me. What door are you going to be at? She keeps texting me. I'm circling. I'm circling. So it was really nice. I spent the afternoon with Sheila. That's great. She took me to the apartment building, which she referred to as The Shining. (laughs) 
<laughs> so her review might have been different than yours. <laughs> well, it was it was a crazy place. There were 600 apartments in this place. It was two Ooh. buildings. There were long hallways. Now, the hallways were very shabby, very shabby. And that's why Sheila kept turning around to me. And you know the way she does. She rolls her eyes and like, oh, my God, are you sure you're going to be safe here? But I was perfectly safe there. I loved it. And it was a 15-minute walk to the convention center. Um, down Figueroa. So I feel like I got a little taste of downtown LA and I could go back to my little apartment. I didn't know anyone there. It was perfect. I went swimming one day. Maintained your anonymity. <laughs> you no know, badges at the pool. Yeah, I like to do that. It seems uh, like you were totally undercover, Monica, this assignment, right? You, didn't contact, you, you only contacted one sister. Just stayed in some strange place. Okay, good. good. Well, like I... You know, I now I toyed with the idea, so I, I stayed over Friday night. Conference ended Friday afternoon, but I knew Friday night was Leanne's birthday, and I knew she probably had plans, so I made plans to meet, you know, my old college roommate, who mm-hmm. I never get to see and have dinner with her. So I didn't really have time to squeeze in a Leanne visit. Um, I'm sorry, but I was in the neighborhood, but I, I didn't have time to do that. But the other, well, whatever you'd like to say to her, you could say to her right now, for because I'm sure she will listen to this show. So, well, the weather was beautiful. <laughs> um, so I, I also had a chance to try Uber for the first time. So I have the Uber app. I decided that I would walk down to the convention center, but at night after these events, it was about a mile, mile and a half, that I would try Uber for the first time um, because I don't have a chance to use Uber in Portland because I I own a car. Uh, Uh, So I don't really need to use Uber. So Uber was fantastic. Loved it. Uh, Now, the first time... I I didn't understand really how the system worked, so I kept calling the guy who was coming to get me. Uh-huh. They don't really they don't really like that. It's no. Like- I, I, now I understand that's not necessary. Right. I, I just I didn't really know how I was supposed to know he was coming, that he had accepted my fare, even yeah. though I saw the little icon of the car moving around. So that was excellent because the first ride was free. So it didn't cost me anything. I mean, just the ease. It was a very clean car. Uh, They all seemed to drive Toyota Corollas. At least (laughs) all the Uber rides I took were Toyota Corollas. Um, Very clean. And I love the fact that you just get out at the end. There's no cash there's no tipping and that's they, my favorite part just yeah, step they, out of the car and walk away exactly there's no receipts for work it's all done on your phone so i i think it worked really well so we come to the big friday night dinner with my friend and her husband i'm excited i never get to see her and when i told her about re- uh, dinner friday night i said you know don't i knew she was going to stress about the restaurant like, I, we have to find some place that's, I don't know, hip or fun. But I was like, don't stress about it. Anywhere is fine. So I get this tech, these texts from her Thursday night. Oh, I didn't think of a place. And is there some place you want to go? And I was like, don't worry about it. So I said, I'll just look on Yelp. So I looked on Yelp and I found this place called Baco Mercat. Okay. I yelped, yeah, I yelped it. It looked good. It looked really hip. It was pretty. It was in this renovated bank, Mediterranean small plates. It all sounded good. 
And so my friend is texting me, do you want us to pick you up? I said, no, I'd rather walk. It was about a mile and a half. And the only reservations we could get were at 5. It was either 5.30 or 8.30. Early bird. Early bird special. I said, let's do the early bird special. Are you sure you don't want us to pick you up? No, no, I'll walk. So, of course, I, I leave an hour early, and it's a mile away. And I get there, and the restaurant isn't even open. Uh, <laughs> It's about, Monica. it's about five o'clock and I look in and you can't sit inside. And it's like where the chefs or the wait waiters are having the meeting about yes. what they're serving that night. So I'm waiting on the sidewalk, waiting on the sidewalk. And I see, you know, five thirty comes and my friend and her husband are not there, um, which is par for the course for them. So I, the restaurant opens, people goes in, people go in. I get a text at 5.30. It says, we're here. No rush. The place just opened at 5.30. And I'm thinking, we're here? Where? <laughs> Oops. Where are you? I mean, I was like, rut row. <laughs> And so I go in the restaurant, I look around, of course they're not there. I've already, I've been there for half an hour staring at the restaurant. I know they haven't walked in the back door. Um, then I asked the person if there's a reservation under their name, no. And I was like, so I texted my friend, I'm like, I'm at Baco Mercat, where are you? And like, what is happening? And did I have the wrong restaurant? And she texted me. She said, I completely screwed up. I'm so sorry. We're at this place called BS Taqueria. Like nowhere near. <laughs> Talk about lost in translation. This is when people should just call each other instead of texting all the time. You know, exactly. it was just... a simple phone call could have prevented all of this. Really, really funny. I'm like, BS Taqueria? Oh, my gosh. I don't even. So I looked, you know, of course, I have my phone. I look it up. It's not that far away. And I said, don't worry. I have Uber. So I called Uber. They got this very nice guy. came and picked me up. I told him the whole story. I was like, we made plans. I'm at Baco Mercat. They're at BS Taqueria. I don't know where that is, but he takes me there. Once I got inside, it was all good. It was all good. <laughs> we had a fabulous, funny, really fun dinner. Um, just very delicious food. Completely different than the other restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> and they were very apologetic. In fact, and she started texting me saying, she sent me the menu online when I'm in Uber. She's like, look online. We'll order a drink for you. Tell us what you want. I'm like, well, this is getting a little out of hand. <laughs> right. I mean, it's, like, it's only 530. You still have time to order dinner. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but you know, I, you know how I don't like to be late, especially for a reservation. So there was a moment of panic, but um, Uber really came to the rescue and Anne said, well, you know, this place is nice. I said, yeah, I walked by this place like an hour ago. <laughs> <laughs> On the way to Baco Mercat, which, you know, that's right. I'll save that for the next trip. And well, Liz, somebody's got to check out Baco Mercat. <laughs> yeah, Liz, maybe I'll invite you and Liam. To okay, <laughs> right, that would be good. We'd be happy to come downtown and meet you from our, from our yeah. different uh, sections of California. Yeah, it was, uh, but it was, it was a fun trip. It was good. Very successful. Loved it. Oh, good. Sounds great.
Well, well, Monica, while you were uh, whining and dining in L.A., I, I, I real have to say I've really gotten involved in the election now. I mean, I know some people are chagrined by the presidential election that they're just not chagrined. <laughs> well, I'm just trying. I was trying to find a word, Liz. I mean, depressed. I don't a neutral word. I know. That's right. I, well, maybe they're not definitely. seeing their candidate. But, you know, I run the first lady's desk, and this is where I watch, I comment, but I always support all the activities of first ladies slash spouses everywhere. You know, that's I've been doing this for a number of years. It's an award-winning segment here yes. at Satellite Sisters. And, and certainly we have a great first lady in Michelle Obama. You know, she's made an incredible contribution. She does everything with style and grace. Uh, but I have to tell you, I am very excited about the spouses of our current front runners. Okay. <laughs> I mean, think about it, sisters. I know. Imagine it's insane. It's frankly insane. I mean, the matchup is insane. I know. I know. This is going to be so awesome. Bill Clinton, the original big dog, (laughs) back in the White House with no boundaries, no filters. You know, he always thinks he's the smartest person in the room, and he probably is. Okay. I mean, this week alone, he was explaining the Human Genome Project. Okay. Did you see that? He's the philosopher king. Forgetting the philosopher king. I mean, he is going to be- He's rested. He's ready, Julie. He's rested and ready. You know, if, if- if Hillary wins every single day, it's going to be all about Bill Clinton. Don't you, don't you know that? Every day we're going to have stuff to talk about because of things that our Bill is doing. Now, on the other side, we have Melania Trump. Come on, people. Okay. We are now going to find out what Slovenia is all about. Do you understand this? People, it's going to put Slovenia on the map. I mean, she is the first supermodel that we've had as a first lady, which is really quite exciting. Potential I, first lady, please. Potential first lady. Potential first lady. Okay. All right. I mean, it's hypothetical. Yes. Can yes. I go with this? In the running. In the running. There she is, Melania Trump. Okay. I mean, they, we are going to be eating. I looked up what the national dish of uh, Slovenia was this morning because I thought, that's what they're going to be serving at the White House. I mean, it's going to be all dumplings, cabbage soups. Apparently, there's a lot of soup in Slovenia. So we can be look forward to that. Okay. I don't know, Julie. I look at Melania, and she doesn't look like cooking is her thing. No, uh, no, I know. But- or even eating. <laughs> I, those two things, I'm not sure, are really what she's going to focus on uh, during her tenure in the White House. But you're right. There will be a natural instinct to return to some cultural roots. Yes, I think so, Liz. I think that will be exciting. And she says, she, you know, in, in statements that she sees that she feels like if uh, if Donald wins, the Donald wins, that she uh, her role models would be Betty Ford, which uh-huh. I do not see <laughs> Melania Trump and Betty Ford at all alike. <laughs> Or Jackie Kennedy, but oh. she sees herself in a much more traditional role. That's what she said. Okay. And uh, but I, I just I just feel like again every day there's going to be stuff about either Bill or Melania <laughs> in the news. It's going to be very exciting. The first lady's desk here at Satellite Sisters. Well, it's 
I, I think it's the best part about the election so far. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I would agree with that. <laughs> yeah. I was watching the returns from South Carolina last night and uh, Melania spoke and that was the first time I had seen her at a big rally actually take her moment. So, yes. you know, and she's got her, she's got her speech down. He will be the best president. That's what she says. Okay. That's her line. She knows she, She's just, she's, she's something. Donald Trump turned to her and said, say something, Melania. And that's what she did. She said, she said, he will be the best president. So she's going to be good. She's going to be very good. And it's always been important to you at the first lady's test that we not, not mock any of the first ladies. No, I'm not mocking. This is just, we are observing the people that are in the running for the gig and they, they, it's a pretty dramatic difference. You're correct. (laughs) <laughs> the big dog versus the supermodel from Slovenia. Oh, holy moly. All right. Well, speaking of other big dogs from New York, there is a fascinating story in the style section of today's New York Times about uh, David Geffen. Now, I'm sure most people have heard of David Geffen. He's a billionaire. He made his money, like, in the early 70s. He was the guy whose record label uh, produced Joni Mitchell and the Eagles. And then he sold that company. And then he started this other little thing called DreamWorks with his friends Steven Spielberg and Jeffrey Katzenberg. And he, you know, he's no longer part of DreamWorks. But anyway, he's a guy who's, he's, he's, he's a billionaire. And, but... He spent most of his career here in Los Angeles. Uh, I think I've even previously mentioned his Malibu beach house. Have I not? Yes, yes, you have. Because yes. saw it, Liz, when we were on that beach. Yes, yes, because he had a big triple-sized, uh, triple-lot uh, beach house on the stretch of beach in Malibu that they call Billionaire's Beach. And the reason I'm familiar with it is because he was required by law to put in public access right there because the California law is you have to give the public access to the beach all the way along the beach. And he refused to do that for a long time and finally they sued him and he did it so Ferris and I used to go when we would go to the beach we would park right in front of David Geffen's house and use David Geffen's walkway (laughs) to just romp on David Geffen's beach and uh, it just always made me laugh now they have a giant no dogs sign up there by the way but early in the days I think he was just hoping nobody would notice that that's where the public access was so there wasn't any kind of sign anyway David Geffen has decided that his days in Los Angeles are over, that he's originally a boy from New Utrecht High School in Brooklyn, and he's just headed home to, to New York. He wants to, he's what, I think he's 73 years old now, and he just decided that he wants to go back to New York, end his days there, and become quite active in philanthropy. Which And he's given away hundreds of millions of dollars here in Los Angeles, by the way, to uh, the UCLA Medical School and to all kinds of things all over town. Um, there's a Geffen Theater. He's, you see the Geffen name uh, on a lot of things. So anyway, so he's, he moved back to New York now, and this story in the Sunday Times is fascinating, largely because he's had such an interesting life. Like, for instance... Did you know, sisters, Monica, I'm sure you could even hum this song, but that David Geffen is the person of whom Joni Mitchell sings in the song Free Man in Paris? 
Oh yeah. You know, I knew that. I did not know that. Anyway, so free man in Paris and fettered and alive. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That was David Geffen. That was 1974 court and spark. And he's just been plugging away, having a fascinating life all of this time. But Many of the people um, interviewed for the story, it's quite an interesting collection of ladies, Julie. Uh, Uh First of all, Mr. Geffen himself declined requests to be interviewed. And uh, I, I laughed at this part because the email that he sent back to the reporter at the New York Times just said, write whatever you want. (laughs) I guess, you know, at this point, you're a billionaire, you're back in it. Like, what do you care? Write whatever you want. So uh, she did. But so but some of his friends spoke to her. And so uh, there are quotes in here from Tina Brown. Of course, you would imagine Mm -hmm. that Tina Brown and David Geffen would be friends. And one of the things (laughs) Tina said is that... um, Oh, David got bored with Los Angeles a long time ago. So that's one of the many reasons he's uh, he's back in New York. Other women quoted widely in the story include, um, let's see, who else was in here? Oh, the uh, Rupert Murdoch's ex-wife, Wendy. She's oh, yeah. in here quite a bit. Uh, they talk about uh, what close friends he always was with Nora Ephron oh. and... Um, so that makes you a little sad. Anyway, quite. Oh, and of course, Diane von Furstenberg is quoted at length in the story. So he had like a pretty good group of women that, that he hung out with. So you got to love him for that. But here's the thing. So he's back in New York and he has uh, publicly announced that he's going to give away his fortune. And this fall, uh, he gave a big chunk of money, $100 million dollars to Lincoln Center. And yes, and in exchange for that, so that's going to cover, what does it say here? Cover 20% of the estimated cost to to renovate the Symphony Hall, which was originally built in 62. So he's giving them $100 million. But in exchange, what was formerly Avery Fisher Hall has now become David Geffen Hall. And how and how does Avery Fisher feel about that list? Well, here's the thing, Julie. I think Avery himself is dead. Uh, <laughs> I, assume, I assume so. But when, I, just, when he heard I the news with the story list, so yes, the but, Fisher family. Yes, yeah, so so Avery Fisher's name was on the building for 42 years. They gave ten and a half million dollars in 1973, and uh, but now because as a part of the David Geffen deal, he gave them 15 million dollars to just go away, as the story says. So he paid the heirs $50 million. Uh, well, it says Lincoln Center paid them, but I'm pretty sure that that money also came from David Geffen. And for $100 million, he slapped his name up there. So this is my etiquette question. Like, how do we feel? I know how I feel about this. I feel like it's the equivalent of, like, if I really made a big uh-huh. and I changed... Carnegie Hall uh-huh. to Liz Dolan Hall. <laughs> I'm just not sure that is, is really appropriate. I know that Avery Fisher Hall is not as old as Carnegie Hall, but still there's something about the history of the names and the culture of New York that I just really don't like seeing Avery Fisher's contribution to uh, building Lincoln Center wiped away. But Anyway, I'm just wondering how you guys felt about that. It, like, is it cool for him to just give the $100 million and rename the building? And 
if you had a hundred million dollars and could rename something after yourself, is there anything you would really want uh, your name on? Hmm. Well, first um, of all, there seems like there's plenty of buildings that don't have names. And so why didn't he just go with another? Why does he have to? I mean, that building already had a name. Yeah. So why yeah. not just find some other way to, yeah. you know, uh, to. Like uh, the one right next to it, the Metropolitan yeah. Opera House? Yeah. Or, sure would you like the David Geffen Opera House, Julie? Yeah, sure. Whatever. The whatever, one right wherever. across from it, the New York State Theater? Maybe the and, David Geffen and, State Theater? Yeah, anyone or the plaza, the fountain. It could be the David Geffen fountain. That would be nice. That would be nice. I don't know why he had to take some name off. I do believe this was part of an episode of a new show that's on called The Billionaire. Where billions. They, it's called Billions. Bill, on billions. And they paid off some family to get rid of to get because he wanted to rename a building. Yes. So, so that that mm. was it. So I think that's. I just, I don't say, I, first of all, I wouldn't want my name on a building. So that, uh, that's the first thing. But if, if you insist on having your name on a building, uh, just go find your own building or build your own building. That's what I think would should be standard protocol. Or, or you're, you're a man who's been in the music business your whole career. Why not name it after a musician? You know, when, how about the Joni Mitchell Hall? I would be yeah. totally fine if he named it Joni Mitchell Hall. Yeah. Anyway, Monica, you were jumping in. What were you saying? Well, I, I'm absolutely fine with it, with David Kevin Hall. You are? Uh, they needed the money, you know, to sustain the building. And he gave them the money. He gave them millions and millions of dollars. So mm-hmm. I'm absolutely fine with him insisting that his name is on the building. I mean, I'm just used to it. Everyone's, there's a <laughs> name, there's advertising on everything. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, it's the David Geffen School of Medicine, for God's sakes, at UCLA. But you know what? I'm fine with that because he had money, he made money, and he gave it. Um, so I'm absolutely fine with Avery okay. Fisher name coming off. They had their time. You know, <laughs> maybe they the Fisher family, the, their money was used up, and they needed someone else to step in and take over sustaining the building. So I'm absolutely fine with the David Geffen Hall. Mm-hmm. Okay, Liz, what do you think? What, what is, what's your point of view? I'm not for it. I, just as I said, like the, sort of preserving the history of some of these cultural institutions in New York. Like I understand people build a new stadium and they call it Qualcomm Stadium or whatever it is. I get that, Monica. You're right. The super commercial versions of that. But cultural institutions that have a sense of history to them, I don't know. Like I'm just not – and like Julie, I think that maybe putting my name on everything would not be my first instinct either you know that's why i think i would be totally yeah, happy he doesn't seem to have a problem with he, no, clearly he doesn't have a problem, doesn't have a problem with that just and, building these monuments to himself he didn't build he didn't build it but, yeah 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 liz you know we love talking about frame bridge don't we we do <laughs> because, because there are just so many fun things to frame leon aren't there Right. Anything. You can just upload a digital photo from your phone and they can print it and frame it. And that is a gift right there, a gift people would love getting. But Liz, you recently had quite an exciting FrameBridge experience. Would you like to share? Would you like to? I talked about how when we were at the Bruce Springsteen concert, I was with our brother Dick, his wife Susan, his two kids. And one of the roadies threw us the set list at the end of the show, which was amazing to get the actual set list for the actual concert in Los Angeles. And we're like, oh, yeah, any day now, that's going to be in a place of honor in their home. Sure enough, Leon, they have already frame-bridged it and sent it to us with a picture. So I'll be in Bend next week, so I'll get to see it. But it's just, 
excellent use of the FrameBridge resources, the Bruce Springsteen set list. Fantastic. And this is gift giving season. So if you have a graduation coming up, a wedding, a shower, Mother's Day, Father's Day, look around. I'm sure you have something fun you can frame and Framebridge can do it for you. It's easy and it's affordable to frame just about anything. You get fair and transparent upfront pricing based on the size of your item. There's a great selection of frames. And as we've said in the past, fast service, free shipping, great for gifts. Mm -hmm. And guess what? Liz, not many things in life give you a happiness guarantee, but Framebridge does. If you're not 100% happy with your piece, they will make it right. So if this but sounds like- you are like... going to be happy, okay? Yeah. And that's just the Satellite Sisters promise. You're going to be out. You're going to be happy you did it. See why Framebridge has been trusted to frame over 2 million pieces. Visit framebridge.com or see a local Framebridge store to get started and custom frame just about anything, like a Bruce Springsteen set list. That's framebridge.com. Thanks, Framebridge. Liz, summer is coming up, and you know what that means? It means you're grilling. You're grilling and chilling there with your your butcher box. What what do you got going on the grill this summer? Well, you know, here's the thing. Because I'm going to be up in in Bend for a part of the summer, I'm having my box sent there, Leanne. That's great. Go on vacation with your butcher box is what what I'm recommending. (laughs) By the way, you're just going to buy meat and fish and stuff when you get there. Why do that? Anyway, I love their steaks. I love their scallops. The scallops are really good. And the chicken thighs, all good. I'm ready. That's right. Butcher Box gives you peace of mind and easy to find high quality meat and seafood you can trust. It's 100% grass fed beef, free range organic chicken, pork that's raised crate free, and wild caught seafood. No antibiotics or added hormones. And as Liz said, delivered right to your doorstep. And you can customize that delivery plan, Liz, right? Because it can go wherever you want it to go, whenever you want it to go. If you want to delay it a week, you know, speed it up a week, you just go to your ButcherBox account and you can make that all happen. It's so easy to manage online. Yeah. And if you're like Liz, you can take your ButcherBox on vacation, which is... That's nice. That's nice. Nice to have something familiar there. (laughs) Yes. So if you want to take your meat on vacation, sign up at butcherbox.com slash sisters and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional 20% off. So you can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash sisters and use code sisters to choose your free for year offer. Plus get $20 off your first order. Thanks, ButcherBox. But is there, okay. Does anyone have a building they would like to name after themselves? It would like, no, no, no? I don't. I don't know. I don't. I'd be really embarrassed. I think that's, <laughs> it's a big old waste. I mean, I think you should, you should give away your money and contribute as much as you can. Right. But I don't, I don't need to have a building named after me. Mm-hmm. All right, Monica, I'm guessing you're not, yeah, that's not your thing either. That's not my thing. I'd have to think about what I would want my name on. Yeah. Do you got a building in mind, Liz, that you, that you can secretly? <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking like what is formerly just the West L.A. Animal Shelter. Maybe should be oh. the Ferris Bueller Dolan Animal Shelter. Oh. <laughs> Named after the most noble beast ever. <laughs> to right? come out of the West L.A. Shelter. Exactly. Step in, Liz. You know, there's a fascinating documentary on David Geffen. That uh, masterpiece theater does that, or masterpiece does that um, series called American Masters. Oh, really? And, yeah. Uh, I 
that they did one on David Geffen. It's really interesting. You know, he's the one that discovered Laura Nero. And for that, I will be forever grateful <laughs> to David Geffen. That's how he got into the music business in New York. Oh, really? Yeah. He was the one that discovered Laura Nero. And of course, uh, you know, everyone that I love, Jackson Brown, uh, Tony Mitchell, the Eagles, all that kind of California music. Um, so I, I just I feel grateful for David Geffen. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's he's out there, man. He's a character. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> he's a character. You should see that documentary. Okay, I, I I will do that. Yeah. Well, yes. Well, uh, we're grateful to the the author of this story, Laura Olson, is a friend of Satellite Sisters and has actually been a guest on our show before. So this morning, I enjoyed her story so much, I texted her to uh, tell her that, and that I especially laughed at the, when he when he <laughs> said, "Write whatever you want about me," because I'm sure, as a reporter for the New York Times, nobody has ever said that to her before, <laughs> and. Um, and she texted me back. She said, you realize I write just to make you laugh. So that's <laughs> nice. Because <laughs> that, that certainly did. So I will check out that documentary, though, Monica. That sounds good. All right, sisters, on a much smaller scale, I have a real estate question for you. Now, as you both know, because you're probably tired of hearing about it, I did just buy a house and uh, move in. This is our empty nester, dream house, two-year search. Yes, scaled down. Scaled down. Open so plan. Excited. You know, I'm still, you know, just working on getting everything in the right place. Well, it happened this week. My dream house here in Dallas, Texas, one that I, like, go out of my way to drive by. This is just a perfect little house just came on the market. Oh no! Yes, yes. Like so, I it's mean, so it's a dream house, not like completely out of range dream house. This is well, a dream I, house I, that I, was I your. I saw the price of it. It's completely out of range. Oh, so okay. Phew. Dream house. <laughs> so, but my question to you is, uh, should I should I buy? I mean, they're having an open house today. So oh, I'm really hang, hang up right now and go. Really? <laughs> yes. I mean, but see, I'm always, I, I never know what to say to those real estate agents that are always standing at the front door saying, hello, what are you looking for? How can I help you? Uh, and I, you know, I don't know. Do I just say I'm just being nosy or what, what do you say when you're really not, you're not going to buy the house that you're. Oh, wanting? I do this all the time. What do you, uh, I know. I, you know how I love an open house. Yeah. I just say, I live in the neighborhood. I might know someone who's perfect for this. Oh. Yeah. And I I say, I just put my hand up. I say, just nosy neighbor, nosy neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> Taking my shoes off. Nosy neighbor. Maybe I'll <laughs> just say that. Um, That's it. So just totally cop to Just cop to it. Cop that to you it. are not a buyer. Yeah, I'm but, not a buyer. Yeah. But, but they need might. the word to spread so yes. you can still be helpful. Okay. You know, the nosy neighbor... Monica, now that you're on that website in your neighborhood, you can just spread the word, right? Yes. Whatever that thing was called. But you, okay, so I'm really helping them with their marketing plan. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Okay. So I, don't, don't get all wistful and, you know, sad when you go in the perfect house. The perfect house. I don't know. I mean, yeah. it, it might be a big Try, try to look for flaws. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, Monica, that's very positive. That's stop Look living by your approach. And then go home to your own new house. No, it just it is it is you know there you know how there is there that you draw there's one house that yeah, you just falls to you. Yeah, that really you just oh it's so different or unusual or it just everything about it. This was that house. And that we kept saying to our real estate agent, well, we'd like a house like this one on that street. You know, that's, <laughs> and now that's what, that's what, but, but the good news is it's well out of our price range. Okay. So, uh, so I, I, and, and, the, and I'm never moving again. That's, that's it. <laughs> so, but I will be nosy and I'm going to go over and check that out. So, all right. Well, that's good advice. Now I know what to say. Just oh. cop to it. Just, just, okay. All right. I might know someone. Oh, okay. Good, good. Well, sisters, I also wanted to tell you, I went to see, I'm trying to see a lot of the Oscar movies. I know you, I know you both are, do a really good job of seeing most of the Oscar nominated movies before the Oscars, which I normally don't, but this year I, I'm trying. And so I went with a couple of my uh, girlfriends to go see 45 years. Uh, have you, you know, this is the Charlotte Rampling movie. She's nominated. Yes. Uh, and it's about a long marriage, 45 years of marriage. Okay. And I'll just tell you right off. Sounds like a sentence. sound like a sentence. <laughs> like, wah, wah. <laughs> Remember, neither of us are married. I know. I know. Sister. So it might be more interesting to us than it would be to a longtime married okay. person. Right. It may be. In, in a sort of anthropological kind of way. Yeah, okay, I, I'll just stipulate both Charlotte Rampling and Tom Courtenay, who are in this Courtenay, who are in this movie, are excellent. They the acting is excellent. But who would like this movie? I'll, I have I've made a list of of I think people that would enjoy Forty Five Years. I mean, if you're kind of a little tired and you're looking for a place for for a doze, this movie is. <laughs> Because you are not going to be interrupted by any of the action in the movie. There is no action. You know, this is one of those movies they say is subtle, you know, you know, subtle. It is very subtle. Okay. It takes place over a week's time. By Wednesday of this week in this movie, I thought, I am never going to make it to Saturday. In this okay. You, who else would enjoy this movie? If you like bleak English landscapes, this is the movie for you. You know, sort of midwinter, you know, barren, lots of wind, rain, you know, sort of like, Monica, you, that, that, you know what I'm talking I, about. I have that right outside. <laughs> Portland. Yes. Sounds like sounds like Wuthering Heights. Right. If you like movies that leave you hanging. So after this incredibly long movie, the 450 years of the 45-year uh, movie, uh, you're left you're left hanging at the end of the movie. So it's not you don't even get a satisfying ending. I'm just telling you that. I'm not it's not a spoiler. <laughs> Who else would like this movie? If you are suspicious of married couples, this is the movie for you. Like <laughs> You never believe that, you know, that uh, in the happy marriage thing, that's fine. Okay. If you don't believe in the institution of marriage, this is the movie for you. Okay. I'm telling like that. So far, none of these things describe you, Julie. No, right. If you, if you don't like old people, okay. <laughs> and particularly old people in their underwear, this is not the movie for you. Okay. Okay. 
Uh, I think it's a movie for you if you're thinking of breaking up with your partner, okay? Like, you don't think you can go to the distance? This movie is about the distance, okay? So you, so this is, you, it may, you may find it very reassuring, you know, if you're going to break up. If you're engaged get, to get married or you're in, engaged, do not go see this movie. <laughs> you, I mean, I, I just, so... I'm just telling you, it was uh, it was a lot to see. Okay, as a married person, it was a lot to see. I don't. I think even if you're not married, you're going to find this movie a lot to see. Mm-hmm. But that does. I mean, the acting is very good in it. So, <laughs> so, so there you have it. Mm-hmm. Okay, that is it. Wow, not rushing right out. I'll tell yeah, you that. You know, it'd be a good day for a nap for me. So maybe I'll. <laughs> yeah, like Monica, if you would like to take a nice snooze, this is the movie. You can like go to sleep on Monday and wake up on Thursday and you'll still be fine in this movie. Go late. Oh, okay. Well, I'm kind of sorry to hear that because it's nice to see like a actress of a certain age, like, yes. like Charlotte Rampling get nominated for good work late in her career. But okay, that's enough. Good, good luck on awards night, uh, Charlotte, but we're not seeing your movie. <laughs> okay. I have another movie I can recommend that people not see, okay. but, but luckily for you, I don't think most of you will be tempted to see it because it's only available on planes now. So I was... I was coming home to L.A. late Friday night, so, so Monica, I wouldn't have been available for dinner anyway, even if you, oh, had, you, even oh. if you had thought of me. Did I you get my text? <laughs> <laughs> Did you get my messages? Oh, you're out of the country. No problem. Yeah, so I was coming home and uh, wanted to watch something sort of like fun and comedic, like as a movie, going through the uh, the selection on the plane. And there was a movie that looked cute. It was called Sleeping with Other People, and it starred Allison Brie and uh, Jason Sudeikis. That does okay. look kind of cute. Doesn't it? Yeah. Wouldn't you see that if you just saw that? Uh, okay, so certainly on a plane, I would go for that. Yes, yeah. you wouldn't pay money in a theater, right? But... You have much different standards when you're trapped in an aircraft. Yeah, yes. So, um, so I start watching this movie, and it's, it's there's something is really throwing me off. I was some from the very beginning. I'm like, wait, this is not what I expected, and then I realize it's because in my head, I totally confuse. Allison Brie with Brie Larson. <laughs> oh. I was expecting to see Brie Larson. Uh, and that's a completely different person than Allison Brie. But I never quite know who Allison Brie is because the people who know and love Allison Brie, you know, they're like, isn't she on Mad Men? I mean, I know her from Community. Anyway, so about, it, was, it, it took me about 10 minutes to realize that is not Brie Larson at all. That is Allison <laughs> Brie. But okay. But I'll give it a go. And it's a it's a movie about two sex addicts trying. Oh, well, that's a cheery <laughs> subject right there. Okay. Well, I mean, comedic possibilities, Julie. You have to admit. Yes. Um, but it just it just was not funny. It oh. just really, really was not funny. So uh, if you get a chance to see Sleeping with Other People, because you're in the mood for like a slightly funny, sexy, sweet, occasionally raunchy movie. I would recommend seeing Trainwreck with Amy Schumer because that nails all of those things. But sleeping with other people, like, no. After about 40 minutes, I just, I turned to some other thing I had never heard of. So I just wanted to clarify that, that Alison Brie 
and Brie Larson are two separate people, and that if you want to see Sleeping with Other People, you should see Trainwreck. Okay. <laughs> That's quite a review, Liz. <laughs> hey, it's Liz and Leanne here, and we want to thank Pros for supporting this episode of Satellite Sisters. Now, you know, Liz, I've been out and about with my new book, The Marriage Sabbatical. Mm-hmm. The book is getting rave reviews. I'm very happy. But you know what else is getting rave reviews? My hair, Liz, my hair from Pros is getting reviews. Lynn, I am not surprised. You have been on that pros hair regimen for quite a while. I mean, you have good hair anyway, but now you have great hair because you've really paid attention to it. Well, Liz, pros is made for people, not hair and skin types. Personalization is rooted in everything they do from their in-depth consultation to their made-to-order model. And you know what? I love the regimen they have me on. Do I take the hair vitamins every day? Yes, I do. Do I use my shampoo and conditioner made especially for Leon Dolan? Yes, I do. Do I sometimes use the leave-in conditioner when my hair's really dry? I do. And I even have a pre-scalp thing that they give me. Okay, pros, you're the boss. I'll take it. (laughs) You tell me what my hair needs. That sounds good. And here's the thing. It's personalization, Liz. For yeah. millions of possible formulas, only one is uniquely Leans. Okay, and I'm I'm using it. Pros mm-hmm. isn't just better for you; it's also better for the planet, Liz. They're a certified B Corp, cruelty free, and the first and only carbon neutral custom beauty brand. So, pros, we love you. I love the photos of my hair. Couldn't be happier. <laughs> photos of your hair. There are people in the photos too. That's the thing about a book tour. Everybody yeah. has their picture taken with Leon and then post it. So yeah. the hair is important. <laughs> Couldn't be happier, pros. Pros is so confident that you'll bring out your best hair and skin. They're offering an exclusive trial offer of 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash sisters. So you get your free consultation, then 50% off at pros.com slash sisters. And pros is spelled P-R-O-S-E, pros.com slash sisters. Thanks, pros. Liz and Leanne here, and we are so grateful to have Osea support Satellite Sisters. Why? Because it's just a great product. Holy cow, do we we love Osea's skin and body care. And you know what? This Mother's Day... Just look no further than Osea. Spoil the moms in your life with the little luxuries from Osea. The moms, the stepmoms, the bonus moms, the people who bring a touch of something special to your life, aunts, grandmothers, they would love a little Osea this Mother's Day. And you can get 10% off your first order by using our code SATSISTERS at OseaMalibu.com. And Liz, you know what every mother and mother figure needs? What? More moisture, Liz. They need more moisture in their skin. <laughs> in no their kidding. skin. I mean, really, the creams, the lotions, the oils. I love it all. That duo they have going. Oh. Like, you can't miss with the duo of Osea. Liz, the mega moisture duo. Yes. You can you can literally see your skin get firmer. And it just delivers <laughs> this full body glow. Okay, you know we have raved about the Andaria Algae Body Oil. Mm-hmm. Well, pair that with the Andaria Collagen Body Oil. Youthful, Liz. A youthful glow is going to (laughs) happen. And it's infused with Osea's signature Undaria seaweed. So it just smells so delicious, doesn't it? I know you're talking about giving it as a gift. I also suggest just giving it to yourself (laughs) because you're worth it. (laughs) That's, That's true. 
That is absolutely true. Okay, that moisture duo I mentioned too is a great value because you can save 16% plus the extra 10% with our code Sad Sisters. So this is it. This is a win-win-win Mother's Day gift. Spoil the moms in your life with clean vegan skincare and body care from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with the code SATSISTERS at OseaMalibu.com. And you get free samples in every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Osea is spelled O-S-E-A. So head on over to OseaMalibu.com and use code SATSISTERS for 10% off. Thanks, Osea. Have I cleared up any confusion about those things? Uh, I hope so. <laughs> Monica, you had a trend I, you yeah, wanted to bring to our attention. A little food trend that I saw in the New York Times this week. And when I read the headline, I thought, that's not right. You know, that's not right. But I thought, I'll just read the article, give it a go, read the comments, like to know what the sisters think. So apparently savory oatmeal is a trend so you know oatmeal i feel like should be eaten with milk some brown sugar maybe a little bit of butter maybe some blueberries on top but apparently chefs around the country are realizing that oatmeal is the perfect base for things like bacon and goat cheese and there's a recipe in here it's like apples and melted cheddar cheese and garlic and people are into savory oatmeals. Um, so there's a recipe in here. I, I thought I might try it. I'm, I'm willing to try one recipe. It was with wilted spinach, garlic, mushrooms with an oatmeal base. Now, what do you think about savory oatmeal? <laughs> well, well, can I what, ask a question? What, what time of day are we supposed to be eating this? Are Is this savory oatmeal for breakfast or savory oatmeal? Savory oatmeal for breakfast. Savory mm. oatmeal for breakfast. You know how people like yeah. savory breakfast. I had a nice I, savory breakfast yesterday mm. by LAX. Um, near in your neighborhood, Liz. But okay, yeah. I, oh, I, oh, yeah. Oh, I didn't she get that text her, either. She was Monica was actually in your kitchen. <laughs> you just didn't notice her. I didn't see you, Liz. I am conceptually um, open to the idea of savory oatmeal. It sounds like something I might enjoy. But the recipe you just read. Did not sound good to me. I don't want garlic for breakfast, and I don't want wilted anything for breakfast. <laughs> but if you, but some of the other things you mentioned, I could, I could totally see doing that. There's no reason oatmeal has to be sweet. Right. No, like, I mean it's just like it grits, cheese. Monica. It's like grits. You could well, put it I with, you know, better, <laughs> better well, than grits. It's, but we, it's the I same. It's the same consistency. Then, you could, you know, and it has, it, you could go savory. I would be definitely interested in trying savory oatmeal. Okay. All right. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to try this one thing and then I'll, I'll let you know, report back on my findings. But, um, I, I, I'm going to, I'd rather have the milk and brown sugar. <laughs> okay. Well, that is your right. It's your breakfast. <laughs> But speaking of reporting back on your findings, when you and Sheila were together, was there any talk of renewing a, a lab rats test or two? Maybe savory oatmeal is something you guys could each do. Maybe it's interesting. We did have a trip to the grocery store together. And I said grocery and not grocery. We went to, <laughs> Sheila took me to Ralph's and uh -huh. it was one of the downtown. It was one of the nicest Ralph's she said she'd ever been in. She kept wanting 
trying to get me to buy all these prepackaged foods, but I just wanted stuff for my little rental apartment. So we did have a grocery store trip, but there was not any lab rats talk during that trip. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. So we'll see. We'll see. All right. Um, always ready for a revival, the lab rats. Okay. You, you know how much email we get about that. All right. So speaking of email, there were a couple of things in our Facebook group this week that I just wanted to uh, mention. First of all, remember, you can always join our Facebook group. Super easy to do. Just search Satellite Sisters. There's a Facebook page you can like. That's our fan page where we do all the posting. And then the Facebook group you can join. And that's where everybody posts and everybody comments. And it's a lot of fun. You can also follow us on Twitter or at Sat Sisters. If you want to follow me, I'm at SS Liz. Um, Anyway, so a couple of things on the Facebook uh, group uh, this week. First, Nancy posted a message just that just said, "Let me know if this works." (laughs) Liz, I saw that. Nancy, that just made me laugh. Obviously, it made all three of us laugh. (laughs) The message worked. The message worked. So I just liked it. Is Nancy, so I hope you got my like. Yes. I, so obviously, you must have been having some trouble with your Facebook commenting or didn't know if we had approved your membership in the group, whatever. Anyway, Nancy, it works. Welcome to the group. Uh, then Julie, Samantha posted the results of a poll that said Seattle has more Downton Abbey fans than any other city. I was kind of surprised to hear that, but you're, you and Leanne host Downton Gabby every week. I'm wondering what you thought about that. Well, I think that most of the fans in Seattle listen to Satellite Sisters. Ah. And so that's why they're, um, so, uh, that's why they have so many fans. And they're <laughs> stuck inside, Liz, on Sundays. That's it. It's okay. raining every Sunday in Seattle. So they have nothing else to do. No. All right. Uh, then Linda wanted to uh, make sure that you, Julie, knew how much he agreed with your position on slips. And because you had said that. When... I thought I was alone in the world, Liz. No. I thought I was the last woman in America still wearing a slip. And now we have a slip subgroup. Yes. Forming at Satellite System, Yes. Which is did. not easy to say. Yes. So Linda agrees with you on that. And Susan took it a step further because I think Susan also probably heard you talking about the generational divide between you and Leanne on the Tuesday show yes. about many things having to do with like Hillary. Clinton and all kinds of people, but you, you constantly refer to the having had to wear the floppy ties in the eighties when you Uh were, when you were breaking the glass ceiling on behalf of all of us. So, uh, so Susan not only agrees with your position on slips, she posted a photo of some of the ties that she had to wear from the eighties that apparently she still has. That so. was an incredible photograph. <laughs> uh, I mean, that should be in the Smithsonian. I mean, really. I mean, that is like a time capsule there to have those yes. guys. Yes. So yeah. millennials, if you're wondering what Julie and her generation, including Hillary Clinton, did for you, that's what they did for you. You don't have to wear those things. That's right. That's what I said. Taylor Swift is on my shoulders, Liz. <laughs> she is the incredible person that she is today because of my generation. Yeah. And then finally, speaking of the presidential election, Terry posted a photo of President Bartlett. And just wanted, I just want you to know, Terry, I'm so with you. Like in this crazy, crazy election cycle that we are in, I also think every day about wouldn't it be great if President Bartlett uh, 
was actually in the running. Um, as many of you know, he was the president in the better world known as the West Wing. And um, anyway, President Bartlett, we're, we're thinking of you. So just a few of the things happening over there on Facebook. Uh, anything else going on? You got? I didn't even mention, you know, I was I got caught in the middle of a police action this morning. Did I tell you this? No. What happened was? <laughs> the, I, well, I, it's... Uh, you know, Ferris eats the breakfast of champions, which Monica is not uh, savory oatmeal. If you are an old sick dog, it's steroids. He has prednisone for breakfast every day, and so. But you know, it's been keeping him together for three years. So uh, you know, every couple of months, I need to renew his uh, prescription, and his vet is up in Malibu. So I t- it's a beautiful drive up Pacific Coast Highway, you know, <clears throat> like 15 miles or something. doesn't take long. Right along the Pacific Ocean. So I went up there this morning to refill his prescription for prednisone. And as I'm coming back down Pacific Coast Highway, like a sheriff blew by me going super fast. And Pacific Coast Highway is the kind of road that you see in the news all the time or you hear in the traffic reports all the time because it is not very wide. And so you're constantly hearing that either A, it's been closed down because a boulder fell down from the mountains and was blocking all of Pacific Coast Highway, or B, you know, somebody driving a Ferrari 126 mile an hour wrapped themselves around a tree and that has closed Pacific Coast Highway. So the moment I see the sheriff going by me, I'm thinking, uh uh-oh, Something bad is happening down there, and I might not get home in time because there's no exit also from PCH, as we call it here. You know, Monica, I'm sure you've driven up and down PCH many times. There's like, there's no other way around. It's kind of a choke point. Yeah. So not very far ahead of me. So I, I carried on for like a mile, and then all of a sudden the traffic stopped, and I could see not too far ahead of me. That's where the sheriff was. The lights were still on. There were cars pulled over. I assumed it was a car accident, but then two more sheriffs arrived, uh, lights blasting, horns, the whole thing. Then the LAPD chopper arrived, right? So the LAPD chopper is circling over the scene. At this point, everyone on PCH, including me, we're getting out of our cars because we're clearly not going anywhere. And that's when we hear from the chopper, the actual announcement that you've heard on TV many times. Get out of the car slowly and put your hands up. Oh, <laughs> wow. That's scary. It's kind of scary. Yeah, that's when yeah. I got back in my car, Monica. Because yes. then you really don't know what's happening. Then I thought it was just something, you know. You some thought ha- it was maybe a Hollywood star. It yes. was a Kardashian car accident. <laughs> exactly. Those all happen on PCH. Uh-huh. Mel Gibson, that's always on PCH. All of those things happen on this this very stretch of road. Anyway, so there were just a lot more cops arrived. The helicopter was there for a while. Uh, whatever it is, this is really the world's most disappointing story because whatever it is just sort of cleared up. And they opened the road again. And as we went by, I could see there was somebody in the back of the police car. And there was a car with Utah plates just kind of parked there. But there was also another car with California plates. So there you have it. I have no idea what happened. 
Very disappointing ending. <laughs> I could. I. I wish I could make something. I, I actually meant when I got home, I meant to like Google it or something to see if there was any kind of Kardashian involved because that is what you expect on PCH. But anyway, so got home in time to do the show. Just want. Just wanted to let you know the quick trip up to Malibu. Um, it all went okay. So coming up this week, Julie, you and Leanne have a have a show yeah, on Tuesday. Tuesday, Tuesday, Downton Gabby coming back on Tuesday. You know the the episodes are getting very very exciting. The season has progressing. Things are happening, and we're we're giving you the whole lowdown um, on Downton Gabby. That's another thing I noticed on the Facebook group. Now there are a lot of people posting their theories about what's happening right, on Downton right. Abbey. Which I enjoy. Mm-hmm. There was a theory posted this week that at first I thought, wow, wouldn't that be great if that was really what it was? You know, the sort of, I'll just say the Mrs. Simpson theory. Yes. And, yes. Uh, but anyway, I mean, that, that may have been historically already tossed out. Anyway, the, uh, okay, Tuesday show coming up. Uh, if you ever want, we have... Hundreds of shows, by the way, in case it's possible that this is one of the first or one of the few shows you've ever listened to, uh, go to iTunes, search on Satellite Sisters under comedy, and you'll see that we have hundreds of shows there. What's really great for us is when you uh, subscribe to the show, then it will automatically download for you. And if you like our show, please, uh, if you find time to review it on iTunes or on Stitcher, that's really helpful too. We're having a few glitches over on our website at SatelliteSisters.com, but you can find all of the shows always at iTunes, at Stitcher, or at any of the apps that you can listen to podcasts on. So there you have it. All right. Everybody have good? A good week. Monica, you home all week? You Home all week. Yeah. Recovering from my trip. <laughs> <laughs> Liz, you, you're going to be on to some more airplanes this week? Uh, there are a few more airplanes this week. Yep. Oh, okay. A few more airplanes. But then the weekend after, the weekend of March 4th is when I am in Bend. What? You'll be in Bend. I'll be in Bend. Right. I'll be in Bend for the Muse Conference. So check that out. If you're anywhere up in the Northwest and you want to spend a beautiful weekend in Bend, uh, including you, Monica, did you get my text? <laughs> <laughs> That's a joke, right? <laughs> no, I, no, I did not text you about it, but okay. feel free, join. I even have an extra ticket. Uh, anyway, our, our niece Fiona and I, we will be on stage on Saturday afternoon at the Muse Conference. So that will be a lot of fun. The headliner uh, is Sharon Abadi, who, not for nothing, won the Nobel Peace Prize. Okay, so I hope we don't have to come up on stage right up. <laughs> Right after a Nobel Peace Prize winner. But, um, but I'm looking forward to meeting her in the green room or something. That's that's my actual goal. Uh, all right. Everybody enjoy themselves this week. We are the Satellite Sisters. Don't forget, call your Satellite Sister.
I'm so free. 